you ever wish that you could have a therapist as a friend? Well, now's your chance. I'm Marianne Griffith, and I'm the host of the Renewal Session Podcast, where each week we have real conversations about the messy and the meaningful things of life with me and some of my friends. I'm a therapist who's passionate about helping people break free of strongholds and create a better life. Pull up a seat and let's dive in to a real conversation. Welcome back to this week's episode of the Renewal Session. This is Marianne, and I'm here with my co-host and daughter, Katie. Hi. Hey, girl. How's it going? Oh, it's great. Can't complain. Are you trying to fake that uh, cold has disappeared like we're recording on a different day? Yeah, no, we're recording on the same day. It's the same stuff he knows. We're doing three episodes in one day, and I'm going to sound like I've been sick for three weeks because these are all coming out in separate weeks. So... <laughs> Don't be concerned. It's all within the same two-hour span that we are recording these podcasts. That's right. It's yeah. my same stuff he knows. I'm, I'm fine. Okay, good. I'm yeah, glad. I'm so glad to hear. So we have, if people are just now tuning into the renewal session, our focus is really about renewing our minds and redefining our relationships and defining our purposes in life. Right? Totally, yeah. Right. So we started this series several weeks ago with renewing our mind by looking at our limiting beliefs. Yep. And then we moved forward into because of our wounds and hurts and traumas in life, we now have to wear these relational masks. How do we begin to take off those masks? Well, the number, number one way we wanted to safely remove a mask is to increase our character discernment. Yeah. And being able to spot unsafe, unhealthy relationships for ourselves. hundred percent. Okay. Now that I want to make sure we make it a hundred percent clear though, right. That any one of us on any given day can appear to be an unsafe, unwell, unhealthy person to be in a relationship with. Right. So we're not referring to the one-offs of life. We're yeah. talking about consistent patterns of behaving and relating. Right. Right. Yep. And so we have talked about three different types of unsafe people, the abandoner, the critic, the irresponsible. Yep. We outlined in the last episode, 11 different types of personality traits and unsafe people. Right. We really encouraged everybody there towards the end to put in front of those statements. Do I want to be in a relationship with someone that Who behaves this way? Blank. Yep. Right. Okay, yeah. so today we're going to wrap it up as a close yeah. to talk about nine interpersonal traits yeah. with people. So this this is how people relate to each other. Within the relationship. So not now, just their personality traits, but how they interact. Exactly, exactly. Right. Okay, so we're going to jump right in. And then at the conclusion of that, we're going to say there are six things to consider when deciding about unsafe friendships or love relationships yeah but we'll get to that okay yeah all right so let's just start with number one yeah in the interpersonal traits of unsafe people what do we got they avoid closeness instead of connecting i think that that's an interesting one i think that a lot of people will keep things surface level and so i think that that's a tell if you're trying to connect with someone and you're trying to like open up yourself to them and invite them into intimacy and they're just like not having it. That's kind of a clue. Maybe they're not wanting that. 
you know, maybe they're not the kind of person that's going to meet you where you are. Yeah. They're just not that into you. Yeah. That's hard to hear, but I think sometimes it's worth like paying attention to. Well, and this one's tricky because, you know, the therapist in me has a lot of compassion for the person that may have grown up in a home environment or has been in other relationships in their lives where they've been wounded. And as a result of that, are really skittish to make attachments. Right. Right. But when we're talking about this as an interpersonal style, we're not saying that you can't struggle with attachment issues. Oh, totally not. We're, we're simply saying, as you think about yourself engaging in a relationship with a person, do you want intimacy in yeah. that relationship? And then looking at this these conversations or these interactions with this person that you might be considering as a partner or as a friend and saying, am I getting what I want out of this? Right. Or if you see that person having deep and meaningful friendships in their life and you're not receiving that same level of interest, that's a clue. You know, maybe that person is not going to be the kind of friend that you're hoping that they will be. Right. You know, and sometimes I can remember when I was younger that my thought process was, well, I just need to give them more to work with. Yeah. If I share more. <laughs> yeah. Let me overexpose myself. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and what I, it's what, like transactional intimacy of like, yes. what can I provide to them? I can, I can buy their intimacy if I just keep giving them stuff. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Totally. Okay, so number two, are only interested, are only concerned about themselves, not about the we. Yeah, about the relationship. Right. right. So how does this relationship benefit me? So this one was hard. So I dated a guy years oh. and years ago. I'm excited about this because we always are outing my dating history. But let's let's go ahead, Mary. Okay. Well, listen, I was a magnet for the unsafe, unhealthy relationship. Unwell for many years, for many years. <laughs> I think a lot of people and are. And then God yeah. intervened yep. and gave me your father. So yep. there's that. Yeah. But okay. So there was this guy. Really, good old Neil. Good old Neil. So there was this guy <laughs> that I liked. I, I think I was, I was like 20, 20. Yeah. 1920. Sure. Something like this. Yeah. And we, we were boyfriend and girlfriend. Like I didn't make that, that up in my mind. There was a moment in which there was a, hey, do you you want to be my boyfriend? Do you want to be my girlfriend conversation took place, okay? Yeah. So it's not like I just... Cre- Which, can we just pause for a second? I, as you get older, if that conversation does not happen, it's just like assumed that you're a boyfriend, girlfriend. Can I just say, that is such a clarity-providing moment to say, are you my boyfriend? I don't feel like I can say that at 26 <laughs> because it sounds lame, but I am constantly like... I don't actually know, like, are you my boyfriend? Like, when I'm dating, I feel like that's like a, I want to ask, but I don't want to be nerdy. Anyway, continue with what you're saying. I'm just saying, that's like, I miss the day when I could be like, are you my boyfriend? Like, yeah, third grade. I I probably did it up until I was like 22. (laughs) (laughs) Did you really? Yeah, I've just got an angstious attachment, so... I was like, I had to nip this in the butt. Are you mine? In the butt? Nip it in the butt. <laughs> Isn't that the phrase? Not, not that I'm aware of. You gotta nip it in the butt. Bud. 
What is a bud? <laughs> That's the phrase. Nip it what, in the bud. What bud? I think, I don't know. Like a cigarette bud? Or like a flower bud? Like you got I think it's a flower bud. I've listen, literally never heard that before. I, I, I Somebody look it up and tell us on our lives. Listen, you also, I know we are literally going to lose it here in a second, but can you just share with people really quickly the misunderstanding of phrases or stories in your life? And let's just start with nursery rhymes. Oh tell my the, gosh. Tell the listeners what happened. Oh my and gosh. then we'll get back to interpersonal. I, I was, uh, I don't know what was happening, but I Again, was, at 22. At 22, I discovered year for you. that the ring around the rosary, or ring around the rosy, pocket full of posies, that's about the Black Plague. Yeah. Or what about. <laughs> oh, oh, the market. The oh my market. gosh, the three little pigs. Uh, I was like, oh my gosh, this is so funny. And the three little pigs, one went off to market, whatever, wee, wee, wee. And I was like, mom, isn't that so funny? Like, I just think that's such a funny nursery rhyme. That's so like random. And I was like, he goes to the market, gets his little groceries. She's like, Katie, he does not, he does not go to the market and then come back. <laughs> like he is going to the market to be slaughtered. And I was like, oh my God, that's the darkest nursery rhyme on the planet. Like who was singing that to a kid? But we did. Well, what about the uh, rub a dub dub? Oh yeah, rub a dub dub. Three men in a tub. <laughs> what are they doing? That is so inappropriate. There's so many things happening in your nursery rhyme history I'm that telling you didn't ya. even know. I'm telling you, you didn't even know. Sad, it. really. Okay, well, back to me. Yeah, go ahead. My dating history. Yeah, I forgot and, where we started. And the fact that I was able to define my relationship. I'm like. Yeah, did, that's that's where we got off track. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, so are you my boyfriend? Are you my boyfriend? <laughs> so he was my boyfriend. Yeah. And I said to him, it would be like I don't know Wednesday. Yeah. It wasn't super early in the week. It's the middle of the week. Right. The weekend's coming up. It seems obvious that the question might arise. Hey, what do you want to do this weekend? Yeah. And he would respond to me. And this was in the height of our relationship. So this wasn't like we were on the back end of the relationship. This is what what should be our happy zone. Okay? Yeah, your honeymoon phrase. Yeah. He says to me, I don't know what I'm doing this weekend. What I'm doing. Exactly. Oh, red flag. Right. So what does this say? This says he's concerned with the I instead of the we. Yeah. I was like, hey, what do you want to do this weekend? Well, I feel like. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm like. Okay. I feel like it's implied if you're asking. Listen, Katie. So that's then, why you didn't end up with them. Well, it's one of a thousand reasons why right, I didn't end right. up. And I know if your father is listening to this episode, he's like, go ahead, tell him the other thousand reasons you didn't end up with the guy. Because yeah. he thinks there are far funnier stories than this. Oh, I'm sure. But my point is, is that in, I started to think to myself, yeah. Oh my gosh, I'm I'm hyper needy. When in reality, he, if he had just said, "Hey, I, I don't really know. You know, I I know I'm gonna want to do a few things by myself, but maybe we could do something on Sunday." Yeah. Right. If he had brainstormed, or if he had just said, "Hey, I was gonna kind of take this weekend to myself," I would have been fine. Yeah. But instead, he did not say anything directly. Yeah. But what he did do was shift it to, I, I don't know what I'm doing this weekend. 
Yeah. And so I immediately felt like I was in an unsafe relationship. Totally. Okay. Yeah. All right. So then I've not experienced this one. We'll see if other people have. But the fourth one is they flatter us instead of confronting us. You skipped one. Oh, sorry. I'm just wanting to give them all the content here. Okay. Number three. Go ahead. They resist freedom instead of encouraging it. Speak to that. Um, I don't really have an example. So that's, that's the, that's the interpersonal trait. Do with it what you will. <laughs> so you wanted me to circle back to what I forgot. What? What? You, you, just, nothing? Well, you sounded dumb. You were like one, two, four. <laughs> so I was just helping you out, girl. Resists freedom instead of encouraging it. I feel like when this is a possessive person. Yeah. yeah. That's what this is. Like Katie. they don't want you to have other friends. They don't want you to have other people in your life speaking into your life. They don't, you know, that kind of stuff. They limit your possibilities also. Yeah. Yep. Right. And, yep. and so I'm going to use this as an example of like, um, people that I, I knew growing up. Okay. Yeah. I had people, I had a few people in my life that were like, go, you have wings, soar like eagles. Right. Yeah. Kind of people fly like an eagle into the future. If all if all of this right here right now falls apart, I believe you have a future. Thank you. Not as a singer. Not as a singer. But a future. You will continue living, just not singing. <laughs> At least not with that cold. Oh, yeah, I know. But but then there were other people in my life that really were naysayers. Yeah about possibilities and um they they were dream crushers if you will yeah <laughs> i i say dream crusher katie yeah i know would you like to explain you're a, you're a reformed dream crusher okay okay i have really irrational dreams <laughs> so <laughs> i need somebody in my life that crushes dreams but i do think no, what we did was by the by the benefit of other people's wisdom and insight, we discovered that I'm a maladaptive daydreamer. So when I am not well and I am in an intense amount of personal stress, I not really dissociate, but I create like a alternate reality in which I'm adventurous. <laughs> and that's right. It's so interesting because they are all adventure. Adventurous. I wanted to Hike the Appalachian Trail. I wanted to be an arm knitter. I wanted <laughs> <laughs> really adventurous people. <laughs> I wanted to live in a camper and travel the country. You know that kind of stuff. Just, yeah, just frivolous things. Van life. Van life. Yeah. Van life. Okay. Anyway, so do I have permission to go on to the next one? Yes. Now you can go to four because we've done three. Okay. So four. Flatter us instead of confronting us. I, I have not experienced this tied together like this instead of yeah. what I would say is I have, I have known people throughout my life that will give an unusual flattering remarks or statements. And I will feel this sense of like, Ooh, that yeah. kind of creeped me out or that was uncomfortable or why are you being weird? Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so it, I think it's, there's something about the line, right. About flattery. Okay. But so the authors tied these two together. I'm not entirely sure I understand why they're tied together, but I definitely think like disingenuous flattery 
yeah. can be an indicator. Well, I think but that... But also, a person not confronting you because you may be doing something that makes them uncomfortable yeah. is also not a good, healthy way of being in a relationship either. Well, maybe they're related by someone disguising their confrontation through flattery. Of like, oh, you've got a voice God can hear. Like, that means you're loud. Shut up. You know? <laughs> maybe that's what it is. Maybe it's like... That con- really came to you so quickly. I just felt like that was a thing that Southern people would say. So I was trying to think of it through, like, a different cultural lens. Of Interesting. Like, of, like, maybe it's the confrontation through flattery, mm. which means that they're not safe. Does that make sense? Like, bless your heart. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So I think, I think that that's something maybe to watch out for of like, oh, that's an outfit. (laughs) (laughs) Damn, grandma. You really don't like my outfit. You know, maybe that person's not safe to try out your new boots around. (laughs) Or like, what's happening there? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Maybe that's how they're connected. Yeah. Of like, they're flattering, but it's not really, beware, it's not a real flattery. A real flatter. <laughs> what's, what's the flattery? It's not, it's not real flattery. It's not. Yeah. It's not an item. It's a. It's an adjective. Anyway, whatever. Okay, so they'll condemn us instead of forgiving us. Yeah. Right. So little room for grace. Yeah. Right. Very comfortable with someone doing the bad, the bad guy versus the good guy yeah. kind of dynamic, and right. so. Anytime that there is this polarized responses within the context of a relationship, right? So condemnation versus forgiveness is a polarization. What ends up happening is it creates an unsafe dynamic within that relationship, right? And so we want to be careful to see, is this person ever taking a balanced amount of responsibility in this relationship is this person capable of extending grace or forgiveness yeah uh, compassion towards other people okay so number six stay in a parent-child role instead of relating as equals this is really about the second part of this that the relationship is going to feel unsafe if there's some kind of inferior superior like a power dynamic dynamic going on at all times right and so I've had this happen where I have felt that I'm always being talked down to yeah like I'm stupid yeah and so I think this is the gut check of do I feel like I have an equal voice in this relationship do I feel that my opinion matters right right I think that can be hard to grow into, especially if you have um, a relationship dynamic with family where um, things aren't necessarily right up front easy to talk about. I think it can be kind of hard to grow into that. um, My opinion and my, like, I have earned my wisdom kind of thing, if that makes sense, with a parent. Yes. Yeah. And I think the challenge is, is that every one of us comes from different families of origin yeah. with different attachment styles and different communication styles. Right. Right. And, and then you add birth order in there. Yeah. And family roles. Yeah. 
and it's it can get really confusing and i think where this has to land again all of these need to land and we'll conclude with things to consider yeah right six different kinds of things to consider but but where we really have to keep in mind is pervasive patterns of relating yeah and doing that check of like do i feel equal right do i do i do i and asking the question over and over again so that you are able to build your discernment yeah about what healthy and unhealthy looks like right and is there respect there yes yeah yes absolutely okay so what's the next one all right We're seven down. yeah go is uh feeling like they're unstable over time instead of being consistent. Up and down. Up and down, fluctuating opinions, fluctuating behaviors, fluctuating all kinds of different things. But there's no consistency to it. Yes. Because that can be kind of hard to pinpoint. When are they safe? You know, it's kind of like a moving target. Right. And this one certainly could spill over into a whole discussion about, again, attachment styles. Yeah. And avoidant attachments. Right. Disorganized mood, attachment. Mood disorders. Yeah. Play a role there are, in it. There are all kinds of life things. circumstance. Right. But again, do I want to be in a relationship that feels emotionally unstable to me or not consistent? Yeah. If the answer to that is no, I really want consistency. Right. It's not okay for me to be in an unstable environment. Okay. Yeah. Now you have a decision point to make. Now you're going to have to consider, do I, do I work through this or it and repair it? Right. Or do I move forward yeah. separate from this person? Right. Okay. Okay. Number eight. You don't want to say it? Well, okay. Eight. Negative. <laughs> like I was waiting for you. Negative influence on us rather than a positive one. So the person that's, not necessarily peer pressuring, but always kind of has the bad idea. You know? Yeah. I feel like there's, I feel like I've had people in my life like that. You do? Yeah. Like in college, I would have the friend that would be like, oh my gosh, we should go to Denny's at 2 a.m. Even though we have exams in the morning because they have pancakes. That's crazy. That was a bad idea. <laughs> I'm a person who needs That's their sleep. That's the only negative influence that you've had? No, it was just a fastest. Listen, I'm being put on the spot here. I'm just trying to give people some some kind of an example. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think I can think of a lot of times when I was in my early 20s that I was prone to being negatively influenced. 100%. Simply because I wanted to fit in. Right. Or you don't know any better. And mostly mine was to fit in. Well, okay. You know, I like it. I didn't really stop and say, do, do I want to go to this party? Right. I just wanted to go to the party. Right. Right. Uh, I think there was something I had not identified within myself, which is I had a rebellious nature, but a conservative outlook. Mm -hmm. Right. So I wanted to be able to be rebellious while still maintaining my faith yeah. and my morals and my ethics. Yeah. And I didn't know how to align those things. Yeah. So in some ways, I was probably an unsafe person during those years for somebody else. Mm -hmm. 
also because I was walking this fine line between living out my faith boldly, but finding like, but also at the same time wanting to have a little bit of like risk and rebellion in my life. Right. So it was a tricky season of life. But again, if every time you're with a person, you feel like they're inviting you into something that is negative more than positive or fulfilling for you. Yeah. It's an indicator. Well, and that might not even be like negative decisions that you make, but it might be just like an energy that they put off, like a negative energy. Yes. I think that that's something also like you and I both have been exploring, but I also think it's just becoming more of a topic in mainstream media of like being protective of the energy that you allow into your life. I think that that can be a really hard thing, but once you start to identify where is this negativity coming from in my life and you start to pinpoint certain people, you know, it can be really difficult to stop seeing that once it's been identified. Yes. You know, and I think what you're pointing to, it it comes out of really having a self-awareness and a certain measure of self-confidence to say, I deserve better, or I choose not to live beneath who I want to be as a a person, right? Yeah. And so I think self-awareness is the next piece um, that we always want to be encouraging people to develop is like, notice, how does that, how does that make you feel? Yeah. Um, I, when you guys were young, I tell, I think I told this story one time, um, no, I guess we haven't talked about this on the podcast, but right after we moved here, I found these feelings cards. I'd gone to this conference mm-hmm. for Christian counselors and there was this company there called Feelings Unlimited. Yeah. And they had these cards that, that, that were feelings cards. And because we had moved and I knew that things were emotionally challenging for you and your brother, but in particular, I did this with your brother. Yeah. He would come home from school and I would say, hey, can you pull out your feelings cards to tell me what your, what your feelings were like today. Yeah. And he'd pull out like two cards (laughs) and then I, he'd say, okay, mom, now you, your turn. And I pull out like 25 and your brother would be like, wow, you have a lot of feelings. Yeah. (laughs) But, but what I was trying to cultivate in is self-awareness. Yeah. And complexity. And, and understanding that sometimes our feelings are what drive our choices. Right. And, and even what cause us to pick relationships but if we can be aware of what gets triggered in us then we can get better at who who we pick to have relationships with right right okay so the final one is gossip instead of keeping confidences mm-hmm. now this is a tricky one okay because we, we talk about this quite a bit personally yeah. um your father and i talked about this actually yesterday that for a lot of women in particular, yep. um, we have a tendency to bond yep. around drama. Yeah, gossip is a social currency. Yeah, and because of that, it can often put us in these unsafe ways of relating to people. 100%. Right? So I think part of it is, in, in, in particular with this interpersonal trait, is checking yourself. Yeah. Like, am I forging relationships on drama and gossip? Right. Because if you're doing it, then it doesn't really matter. You've now become the the person that invited that dynamic into the relationship. Right. Right. 
So we want to make sure that we are in safe places where we can build intimacy and experience a sense of confidentiality in, in those friendships, right. right? And in order to do that, we have to assess how much drama and gossip is keeping this relationship going. Right. Right. Yeah. If everything is about, did you hear, did you know, can you believe it? Or sometimes in, in church circles, we can say, oh, did you hear? We really need to be praying for. Yeah. And we just couch it differently. Yeah. Right. But, but if, if talking about other people makes up the bulk of what you talk about together, yep. it's an indicator that it is it, it, the bare minimum. It's an uninteresting relationship. Right. Yeah. Because it's, it's, I mean, I would rather talk about television yeah. than talk about my neighbor. Right. Right? Yeah. And yet, how many times have I found myself getting in a sticky situation where I'm talking about people and I don't even want to be talking about them, really? Or you don't know them. Exactly. Yeah. So I think we have to be very aware that as we wrap, wrapping up these nine different types of interpersonal traits that we don't just evaluate everybody else, but we also evaluate ourselves. Right. Right. Because we want to, we want to be able to spot an unsafe, unhealthy relationship, but we also do not want to be the person that's doing, bringing that sense of unsafety or unhealthiness into the relationship. Right. Right. Okay. So here to wrap it up quickly, We've got six things to consider when deciding about unsafe, unhealthy friendships or love relationships. Right. I'm just going to rattle them off. Perfect. Are you ready for them? Yep. Okay. Number one, start from the position of compassion and curiosity. As you think about these lists that we've given you or interactions that you've had with an individual or group of individuals, get curious. If we, if we, Consider things through the lens of judgment. We are doing to them the very thing that we don't want them to do to us. Right. But if we lead out of compassion and curiosity, then we can say, okay, I still don't want to have a relationship that makes me feel unsettled or unsafe emotionally, but I can understand why you do what you do. Right. I just don't want to do it with you. Yeah. Right. Okay. Number two, act righteously. Now, not self-righteously, because we talked about that in a previous episode, but act right. Do yeah. the right thing. Right. Right. Don't, don't bring this discussion to loads of different people. If you need someone wiser, more discerning to help guide you through the process of, of picking relationships and trying to repair or replace relationships, then keep that number small. This is not information for every single person because that makes you unsafe. Right. And we want to do right by the people in our lives. Okay. Utilize the wisdom of others. That's number three, but we just hit on it. Right. Look yep. at the relationships in other places in your life that you envy. Envy. Maybe that's not the right word. You admire. Yeah. That admire. you admire and are able to say, you know, at the end of the day, that's, that's really what I'm hoping for. Yeah. And, and lean into those relationships as a, as a way to, to gain some type of insight on what makes for healthy long-term relationships and friendships. Okay. Accept the reality, believe people 
for how they treat you. Yeah. That's a hard one, right? Yep. Because we all like to write our own little narratives about things. But if we can anchor ourselves in, this is the reality. And that we may need to forgive where we need to forgive in order to do some repair work. But this is where we are right now. Yep. Right? Okay. Number five, give change a chance. Mm. Now, this is a tricky one because sometimes you got to cut your losses. Right? You got to yeah. look at it and you got to say, I've been trying to change. They, I, change has been asked for months and months, years and years ago. Yeah. And nothing's changed. Right. Right. Yeah. And, and let's talk about these, this particular one in the context of friendship. Yeah. Right. Because this one gets a little trickier when it comes to divorce and things like that. So we're not talking about divorce. We're talking about when there is a relationship prior to marriage or just simply friendship. And there's been evidence of lack of change. And this continues to be an unhealthy relationship. Yeah. It's okay to say, I now have a boundary. Yeah. Well, and also on the flip side, giving change a chance could also mean change your expectations. Yes. Like give the chance to change your own expectations because then like that person may never change. They might be capable of change. So maybe try changing your expectations. Yes. I say, I often can say to people that some of our greatest suffering will come as a result of un, unmet expectations. Yeah. Totally. Right. So I think there is a, there is a period of time, especially when the relationship um, has been a significant relationship to allow for change to happen. But also to recognize that it is okay to walk away when you need to because it becomes clear that this is no longer going to be in the best interest of, of both people in the friendship yep. or in the relationship, right? Yep. And, and I really want to separate that from divorce because that's another conversation for another day. Yeah. But our final one is six. It's recognize that patience is the key to change. Yep. Right? We can't just all magically wave our wand and things be different. But if we allow for there to be time um, and patience, we can begin to change patterns. But we first have to look at ourselves and start there. Right. Right. So, okay, we've covered it. Yep. But we also want to make sure that we do we do this work justice. And so for anyone that wants more information, on how to spot emotionally unsafe people yep. go to the book by dr henry cloud and dr john townsend called safe people and there's a workbook that goes with that as well um and that will just give you more information we've just kind of hit the their top topics in the first part of their book we're going to talk about how to be a safe person yeah. for other people as well but we wanted to make sure that as we think about breaking down these barriers, these taking off the masks that may have we may have been hiding behind through these years, that we beef up on our wisdom, our insight, and discernment into spotting healthy and unhealthy relationships. Totally. Right. Yeah. All right, girl. We did it pretty good. Yeah. Hope you're not sick the next time we record. I promise I won't be. Okay. 
I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Renewal Session Podcast. Make sure to head on over to iTunes and rate and subscribe to the podcast so that you never miss an episode. New episodes are dropping every Thursday, and I can't wait for you to tune in to next time. Until then, live your best life.